You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network. Fresh from Columbia, Missouri. We'll get into some of that as the show moves along, obviously. The show is always brought to you, though, by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. You know, you want to put together a fun event, a cool event, maybe even just a date night for you and the significant other. How about a chocolate dipping class and or party at Peterbrook Chocolatier? They can take care of that for you. 205-752-0211. Talk with the chocolate lady, a.k.a. Heather Ryer, and she'll get you set up. And it'll be an experience unlike any you've ever had in your life. Joined on the program, as always, by executive producer Joe Gaither, who together we combine to form the 60-minute moon. Woo! Of Sports Talk Radio. Now, uh, hey, Joe, in the words of Jimi Hendrix, how are you feeling after that uh, cardiac arrest-type performance by your Chicago Bears yesterday over in the ATL? Although, I guess, given the Falcons' history of this type of stuff, maybe you weren't sweating at any point in that comeback win over the Falcons yesterday as a Bears fan. Well, I kept watching the time thinking there's still plenty of time, plenty of time for this to happen, <laughs> plenty of time for the narrative to go the way it's supposed to go, and I'm feeling 3-0 and today and happy, happy as can be. Now, did the kid, did, did the kid, did he uh, engage with you at all on his show this morning? Because we know the kid's a big Falcon fan, and uh, I didn't get to hear it, but did he, did he, did he, did he at least congratulate you? On your win. Oh, of course, but it also came with, oh, we were expecting this, and we knew this would happen, <laughs> yada, yada. Uh, I received a text message about, uh, when was it, 26 to 10? Oh, let's see if the, Fal- oh, the Falcons can win. Oh. And uh, He admonished yeah. me for not responding yeah. to his text message, but that's about all. Yeah, yeah. That's the kid. Yeah, that's why he's the kid. Um, I, you know, I blame all this, this, this latest debacles. Uh, for Atlanta Falcons football in those new uniforms. Those new uniforms are awful. Now, the helmets are okay, but the jerseys, come on. That's Arena League, you know? That's the Georgia Force. You remember the Georgia Force from the old AFL? That's what those uniforms are. They're awful. But, uh, yeah, Nick Foles, I guess. Is he going to be the guy now? Is Mitch in trouble up in in Chicago? You're going to ride with Nick Foles at this point, Joe Gaither? I'm sorry, I'm answering your phone. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You take care of that at two, uh, 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolate Air Studio line, by the way. And it's wide open throughout today's program. We're guest-free on this Monday. It is the first Monday after SEC football action, so we all know what that means. Overreaction Monday! Mmm. Smells beautiful. It's awesome. I love the smell of it. You can smell it. It's thick. It's in the air, especially after some of the results from Saturday around the premier varsity intercollegiate tackle football league in all of the United States, the Southeastern Conference. So we'll get into some thoughts from around the league. Obviously, I was on hand in Columbia, Missouri for Alabama 38, 
Missouri 19. I was impressed by this Alabama team. All things considered, with the way things have sort of laid out in this wacky, goofy, tragic in some instances, certainly 2020, I thought it was a sharp Alabama football team, really from the outset. I mean, you had the three and out to start the game, but then the offense quickly found its legs. Mac Jones quickly found his rhythm in the passing game, got some really nice protection throughout the game. Uh, Jalen Waddle was Jalen Waddle. Devontae Smith did a lot of the things you expect Devontae Smith to do at the wide receiver positions. You got some good news from John Mechie, I thought, stepping up a couple times to make some really nice catches there in the middle of the football field. A lot of tight end action, wasn't there? We sort of anticipated that more so maybe with this Alabama offense, at least early in the season, saw a lot of tight ends. How many tight ends did Alabama use in the first half alone? I want to say it was five. If you include Kendall Randolph in that, who was doing the dual number thing again, wearing 47 in some instances when he was in the game as a short yardage tight end, and then back in 60 when you saw him at offensive tackle there in the second half, a lot of tight ends. Still plenty of three wide receiver sets. You're still going to do that. But uh, more balance, I thought, in terms of personnel groupings uh, with this first outing. And it, it, look, I had someone ask me on the roundtable this morning, the premium message board there at BamaOnline.com, which if you aren't a part of, you definitely need to be. Um, asked me about the, the offensive approach later in the game, once Bryce Young got in there. And did it become more of an L? I thought, I thought Alabama was anything but exotic throughout the game. Now, I thought Sarkeesian did some really cool things, continued to do some cool things in terms of motioning. Guys like Waddle, guys like Devontae Smith, that really puts additional stress on opposing defenses. When you, you have to consider that. That's not just eye candy. That's not just motioning people around for the hell of it. That's the potential for jet sweeps and easy touches on the perimeter that can turn into, as we know, Big, big plays. So you have to respect that. And so there was still some of that, but you didn't really see the RPO game. And and it's not because Matt can't do it. It's not because Matt can't operate the RPO system. Uh, it's that initially, at least, you did what you had to do. I guess, a, again, a defense for Missouri we talked about last week. Uh, right up the middle of that defense, pretty good group. And I thought they showed that. I thought Missouri safeties early in the game were really good. You had the pass breakup on the deep ball for Devontae Smith. That was a hell of a play there by the Missouri safety. But uh, I, I was impressed by Alabama offensively. Um, defensively, for three quarters, while the game was competitive, Alabama played fast. Alabama played physical. Alabama played with much more confidence than at any other point that we saw them a year ago. Certainly having Dylan Moses back there in the middle of that defense to sort of run the show has freed up Christian Harris, who is more comfortable in his own skin after a year's worth of starts, flying around, making plays. And, of course, Will Anderson. I don't know what else you can say about Will Anderson. The buzz, the hype, all those things were real, very real. And, again, this isn't just a guy – who is dynamic as a pass rusher. He's not just simply one of these young guys that come in and has an explosive first step and he's going to beat you with his speed or he's not going to beat you at all. And that's essentially going to be the extent of his participation. Nope. This is an every down dude off the jump. And for a true freshman, you just don't see that. And yes, the opportunity is there right now at Alabama. But I'll tell you again, I think even if you brought back Anthony Jennings and Trell Lewis, there would still be reps available to Will Anderson. Every down, no. Anthony Jennings, if Anthony Jennings had 20 years of eligibility at Alabama, Anthony Jennings would be your every down outside linebacker for 20 straight years. That's my opinion. But Will Anderson, man, real deal. And I thought he showed you as much in the run game as he did as a pass rusher which, again, would be the biggest question you would have of a true freshman outside linebacker. No problem for this dude. You know, Elijah Drinkwitz, the Missouri offensive staff, I thought they did exactly what they should have done. They tested the perimeter. 
You're replacing both outside linebackers. You got a new star defensive back. Missouri's going to be in three wides. So you're going to be in your nickel package if you're Alabama, which means Malachi Moore is going to be out there along with Will Anderson. And Alabama didn't have much problem with the uh, perimeter stuff at all, especially the option into the boundary. That was not a problem. The fourth and two stop by Dylan Moses there. And then, of course, you sort of expect Alabama on the ensuing snap to take a shot maybe down the field, and that's exactly what happens. And looked to me like Missouri expected it too, but with Jalen Waddell, who 5'9", 5'10", whatever he's listed at, I mean, with the way this guy can go get it, we talk so much about his short space quickness and his speed. Yeah, absolutely. But this is not a big receiver, but he can go up and do what the 6'3", 6'4", wide receivers can do in traffic and go get it. So, still some things to work on. There's no doubt about it. I know some Alabama fans on the roundtable there at BamaOnline.com. Not happy with the play of the defense down the stretch. But, look, there's some things you're going to have to live with in an era where it's tougher than ever to play defense because offenses have evolved, not only because of that, but rule changes have made it tougher than ever to play defense the way you could play it even six, seven, eight years ago. And also attrition. You know, if you love to see all these guys going in the NFL draft, you also have to live with something on the back end when it comes to inexperience. And let's do the math on Alabama's defense Saturday night, right? Alabama opened the game with five defensive backs on the field. How many of those guys were returning starters? One, Patrick Sertan. Now, okay, if you want to say Jordan Battle was the starting safety in the dime, six defensive backs last year, I I guess I'll give you that. You know, inside linebacker, your top guy's coming off a knee injury. You're without Christian Barmore up front. So, again, while the game was competitive, and let's not forget it was 35-3 to with, what, about 10 minutes to go in the third quarter? Game was over doesn't mean that this team can't improve it obviously can but I thought I thought Alabama's best on Saturday was better than anything else I saw around the Southeastern Conference 205-342-9904 love to get your thoughts on that as well winners and losers from the sports weekend we'll get into some of those we already touched on the Atlanta Falcons anybody check in on Dan Quinn this morning Mm, tough, tough couple of weeks, tough couple of decades, I guess, for the Atlanta Falcons. But how about Mississippi State, Mike Leach? You want to talk about winners? 632 passing yards for K.J. Costello in his first start as the Mississippi State quarterback. You know, we're in a race right now, aren't we? After what Florida did, after what Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts, his tight end, did, to Ole Miss on Saturday, what was it, six touchdown passes for Kyle Trask? You know, it seems like we're in a race to figure out, okay, which team is 2019 LSU after a week? Is it Florida with Kyle Trask? Is he Joe Burrow this year? Maybe K.J. Costello is Joe Burrow this year at Mississippi State. That's kind of what we're working on after a week into the season. By the way, LSU, if you give up 632, can you really still call yourself DBU? Really? And I understand Derek Stingley's out for the game. Certainly hope he's going to be okay moving forward, gets back on the football field. But come on, you're DBU. Who's the next guys up? Didn't really have an answer, did they? And as bad as LSU was on defense, and as much as I want to crack on Bo Pelini, in his return as defensive coordinator, you know, Bo's uh, buyout there from Nebraska ran out. So he stepped back into the deep end of the SEC West and got a rude welcome on Saturday. But look, LSU defensively, even with all those draft picks, wasn't great a year ago. Struggled to get off the field at times. Gave up a lot of yards. 
And Dave Aranda gets a head coaching job at the Power 5 level out of all of it. So I guess I can't crack on Pelini as much as I would like to. The Oklahoma Sooners, what was that in Norman? Two straight losses now to the Kansas State Wildcats. What in the world? But we got to get us some of that Lincoln Riley, Pappy. Everybody loves Lincoln Riley. He's lost two straight to K-State. Yeah. Let's head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line at 205-342-9904. First up, we have Ellis with JR on deck. Ellis, how did you come through the football weekend, my friend? Uh, I'll come through the football weekend with flying colors. There you go. Good deal. Yeah, flying colors. I enjoyed it. Uh, it I, I knew when they – hang on this minute. It felt real. Can you hear me better now? I I knew when they put the second string in, it was going to, the defense was going to fall off. But uh, I was very impressed with the the defense. Yeah, I mean, it's still a work in progress. I'm not convinced that there aren't still a few spots where we're going to see some some give and take in terms of personnel, maybe some continued competition. You know, there were some fundamental issues. Tackling wasn't always great. But again, given the circumstances in which we've ramped up to this season, I wasn't surprised by that. And you already were playing a lot of first-time guys in terms of starters. You know, some guys got some lessons. Got some valuable lessons, I think, on the defensive side of the ball Saturday night. Yeah. Some young guys and uh, and some experienced guys. uh, A lot of uh, Moses. You know, it was good to see him out there, but like you said, uh, Harris, and then uh, you got the Phenom. uh, Anderson, yeah. Yeah. You know, they was just blowing plays up left and right. Yeah, Will Anderson is sudden and ill-intentioned. With all the penalties, that's the first first of the ball game. Yeah, that, that was a problem that you didn't like to see crop back up, did you? The false starts and the pre snap penalties. You even had one on an extra point. Where apparently yeah. he didn't get lined up right, so the, the, those are those are uh, going to be, I think, heavily discussed in particular specific meeting rooms over off Bryant Drive today. But uh, I got to change of heart for our for our defensive uh, coordinator now. You know, uh-oh, just uh, one ball game. Well, you see a difference in in the in the defense. You know how they're aggressive they weren't aggressive at all last year well you, you know, know that comes with yeah. having your best players available too right i mean yeah you're oh, going yeah, to yeah. play faster and more players. aggressively when you've got dylan moses on the field you've got an experienced christian harris now you bring in a phenom like will anderson you got pieces right now ellis i love it mm-hmm. and uh the offense i wish everybody just jump on the mac jones train because uh he knows how to play football. He knows how to play quarterback. A very savvy individual who physically has made some really nice strides. And, you know, he's four and years into the program. what nobody don't know is he was in the, what the, uh, the uh, what do you call the quarterback and stuff that uh, they, were, they worked together uh, not on the field but practice, you know. Uh, yeah. Like as the like as a like another team, you know, and him and Jalen Waddle, uh, they've already been playing together, you know, in practice and all doing all that. So they've got a chemistry together. So mm. gotta say, yeah. I love that catch though he made. Yeah, uh, it was a hell of a catch. It went up over the two defenders, yeah. and like I said, and, everybody kind of knew it was coming off the fourth down stop, but it didn't matter. Jalen Waddle went and got it. Yes, and I know you got to go, but uh, SEC just got a whole lot tougher since we got uh, the new coaches that we did. You're impressed with Mike Leach and even perhaps Lane Kiffin in defeat, I take it. And I'm impressed with the Arkansas coach. You you like Sam Pittman. Yeah, that was a, he, well, that he was done a competitive good, game. You know, but it, it just all fell apart, but uh, I'm, I'm in, I was impressed. But, Mike Lee, you better watch out for that man. Yeah. 
That game, that game here in Tuscaloosa on Halloween, no less, got a lot more interesting, didn't it? After Saturday, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, All right, and then let's... you got I got I got a couple of friends, Tennessee fans, up here that says book it, book it this year, book it. Tennessee will done. beat Alabama, and every time wow. they see me, they say book it. I go, well, if you're if you're that. <laughs> Confident about it? Call into this talk show, these talk shows that I call uh, into down uh, in Alabama. No, book it. You know, I go, well, if you're confident, mm-hmm. call them in and tell them. Let all them Bama fans down there know what you think. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Ellis, we appreciate but, uh, the call as always. we got to get to JR here, but thanks again, my man. Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Roll tide. There he goes, Ellis up in Manchester, Tennessee. Let's check in with JR right now at 205 342 9904 JR, how you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Travis. Great weather. Yeah, but um yeah, I was impressed with uh, Alabama overall and I couldn't agree with you more when you said and actually that was one of the things I was going to comment on was that under all the circumstances I think Alabama played extremely well. I mean, everything's been affected. I mean, even the practices that we had during fall, fall camp. Um it was you know, everything had to go through protocol with this COVID. And, you know, they had to create, you know, extra stress and, and you know, uh, break the concentration somewhat. And so, you know, everybody, all teams had to do that. So, but in, in comparison with what Alabama has achieved, and I think you did mention it, I think Alabama did very well compared to a lot of the other things going on with other teams. Uh, particularly, you know, with our first string, you know, um, they were nearly flawless as far as I'm concerned. They uh, in offense and, and defense in the first half. And then, then, of course, the second half, we had, we still had some of the offensive, uh, uh, for starters in for a better part of, better part of the third quarter, maybe the defense as well. But, uh, you know, it is, once we had the second string in there, you could see that, you know, they, they were. Uh, what do you? What do you feel like his reasons for putting in the second string at that time? Just for the experience they needed, and or was it because um, the offense, the first string was kind of gas on defense? No, I, I think I think uh, I think you're you're definitely trying to to get guys some work, and especially with the potential of week to week, not knowing exactly you're going to have available. Um, you know, you, you need to rep as many guys as you possibly can. I, you know, offensively, they gave Bryce Young a couple of series with the other starters, the offensive line, the receivers. So he did get a couple of series. That was good to see. And I thought Bryce Young did some good things. You know, he obviously had the oh, ball. He's going he's gonna to learn about ball security in the pocket at this level. And, um, you know, he, he didn't get help from his offensive line on that play. Missouri ran a little... Uh, TE stunt, tackle in stunt that got home, he still got to protect the ball in that scenario. But, you know, you saw some of the gifts that he has, the anticipation, the accuracy, the zip uh, on, on some of the throws. He had, I think, three of his completions were third down third down throws. Uh, and they were all very impressive. He did some nice things with his feet a couple of times. So, you know, I think he's still in a very good place. But, you know, I think everyone knows right now with Mac and the rest of that offense – uh, clicking the way it is going to be uh, going to be his show for the time being. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you on on uh, Bryce Young. He probably do even a lot better than he showed Saturday if he had the first mm-hmm. string offensive line in there. <laughs> he might have. I, I wasn't even aware of it. I, I had to listen to it on the radio. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was about what you would expect from him. You know, in, in his first game, and um, you can see, you can definitely see with the upside and you know what he's going to be, and it, and it may not actually take all that long because you know we heard some things from his first scrimmage at Alabama, maybe wasn't that great during preseason practices, and then the very next week he was really good, and I think he's capable of that type of you know growth in, in an expeditious manner. Uh, even from week to week during the season. Hey, Jr., we appreciate the call. All right, uh, I'd like for you to during your show maybe mention something about Texas A&M. I'm probably you've already had that plan, but coming up with Texas A&M and 
uh, how they fared this weekend. Appreciate you very much, man. We'll do it. The Aggies coming in here on Saturday. That's a 2.30 kickoff on CBS. And, you know, what we've talked about with Texas A&M throughout the offseason continues to be a concern after we saw this team score 17 points against Vanderbilt in a five-point win on Saturday night. It's just this offense under Jimbo Fisher, whether it's scheme-related, whether it's personnel-related, and I'm thinking some of it is – a little bit of both, especially with Jamon Osmond, the Aggies' top receiver, opting out for the 2020 season. Just not explosive enough on offense. Just not explosive enough in the passing game. And you look at Kellen Mond and you ask some questions about him now and what is essentially his fourth year as a starter and his third, year three of that marriage of Kellen Mond and Jimbo Fisher. So if you're a Texas A&M fan, I know you're asking the question, well, when are we going to see it? You know, this is it for Kellen Mond. And, uh, you know, I, I think Mond certainly has his deficiencies. But again, when I look around him, I don't see enough explosiveness. And especially with Osmond. And look, Osmond wasn't Jerry Judy anyway. He wasn't Henry Ruggs III anyway. He wasn't Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith. You know, Jamon Osmond is a really good number two on a really good team, is what he is. But he was he was A&M's clear-cut number one, and now he's not there. We're going to head to a break. We come back. Super Joe, hang on. We'll get to you when Southern Fried Sports returns on a Monday, presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by C Spire. Add C Spire Fiber to your roster at cspire.com slash AL Fiber. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. The Alabama football team started the 2020 season with a 38-19 victory over the Missouri Tigers at Faroe Field in Columbia, Missouri. Head coach Nick Saban gave his thoughts after Alabama's season-opening victory. Well, I think we did a lot of good things out there tonight. Uh, I think we played really well in the first half. Um, we did a good job on offense of controlling the tempo of the game in the first half. I also think we did a really good job defensively in the first half, uh, did a good job on third down. Uh, I don't think we maintained our intensity and played nearly as well in the second half. Uh, you got to give them a lot of credit. You know, they hung in there and they kept fighting. Uh, I think from a team standpoint, I think when you play a first game, um, you sort of figure out who you are. Uh, you figure out where you are. I'll have more in a moment. Here's to the couches, the lawn chairs. That worn-in recliner imprinted by yours truly. These are your front row tickets to a very different college football season. And while you can't be at the game, Seaspire brings the crimson tide to you with the fastest internet speeds for home and business. Because slow is only good for replay. Oh! So call dibs on that seat next to the seven-layer dip. It's football season at Ceasefire. Alabama soccer played Mississippi State to a 1-1 draw on Friday in Starkville. Felicia Knox got the scoring started in the opening minutes, knocking in her first collegiate goal in the fifth minute, marking her first goal in a Crimson Tide jersey. Up next for the Tide is a road challenge on Sunday, October 4th against the Florida Gators in Gainesville. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Seaspire. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Mostly cloudy with a few rain showers likely across West Alabama this afternoon and tonight with a cold front passing through. The high today 78, tonight's low 55. Mostly cloudy and very cool tomorrow, a chance of some scattered light rain. The high at 67. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Schreier, 
senior analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show is always brought to you in part by Houston Hydrosteam, home of the Houston Rug Revival, man. Get those carpets taken care of. Get those rugs handled. The tile, the grout cleaning, the furniture, the upholstery. They can take care of all that for you. At Houston Hydrosteam, 205-553-9460. Yeah, that Houston Rug Revival, man. It's a very real thing with Jackie and his local staff. Locally owned, locally operated Houston Hydrosteam. Quality work you can stand on at 205-553-9460. Let's head back to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line at 205-342-9904. Check in with Super Joe. On a what's, going on, pa- what's going on today, partner? What's up, partner? Man, sure. I tell you what, I was thinking about the game this past Saturday, and I say this: you know, our defense. You know, like I said, I see so much improvement on the defense. And then I thought about what's that dude, Anderson, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said Will hey, Anderson, the Terminator. Said, they call him. Yeah. Yeah, he said, yeah, he showed turn. I tell you what, though, you know, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not at all worried about Texas and him. And I tell you what, I was on. I have no doubt about that Georgia game. I do believe for a fact. Now, I know they say just jump in the head, but I do believe Alabama and Auburn will face each other undefeated in the Iron Bowl. Whoa. Auburn goes to Georgia on Saturday well, I, night. Well, that, yeah. Yeah. And did you see just moments ago, Kirby Smart in his Monday news conference announced that JT Daniels, the USC transfer at quarterback, is cleared and good to go this week so georgia with major quarterback issues in that win over arkansas on saturday looks like it may have the services of jt daniels well okay because they did look a little sluggish with arkansas Ooh, a little they were sluggish off. yeah and i'm beyond which i don't know if they were, didn't get any it might didn't get it made it may just be i don't know didn't get it might just be um it might get alabama georgia game might be worse but should i tell you what i still got to say alabama's going to represent the west uh, based on what I saw Saturday, and look, give Auburn credit. That was a solid win. Uh, I thought Bo Nix looked nice. He looked good. Um, you know, still struggling to run the football with much authority. But, you know, Bo Nix, I made the comparison in the past to Connor Shaw, the former South Carolina quarterback, and I stick with that. And, well, I tell you, Alabama don't miss on wide receivers, but and I, I and I'm not going to say it missed on Seth Williams because the production speaks for itself around here the last few years. But Seth Williams leaving Paul Bryant High School to go to Auburn that was huge for the Tigers. He is incredible. Had some amazing catches in that win over Kentucky on Saturday, and uh, it's a tough matchup for anybody. That guy. Yeah, because the Iron Bowl is going to be very much what they're going to do. I don't care nobody say. They might have a little percentage of a crowd. But they're going to have. They're going to want to have a full. They're going to want to have a full course meal of people out there on the Iron Bowl. Watch. <laughs> Wait till after re-election day. Things will change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll okay. see. We'll see. It, it's going to be interesting around Tuscaloosa this weekend. You know, out in Columbia, Missouri, it, it, there was zero vibe. There was zero atmosphere. I, I thought it was actually better inside the stadium than I was anticipating based on just the city, the town before the game, you know, so many restrictions in place, no tailgating on campus. It just didn't really have a, uh, an atmosphere that you're used to at all. But like I said, it was a little better in the stadium, but uh, I don't think atmosphere, even with the reduced capacity is going to be much of a problem around our fair city this weekend. I expect it to be jumping as much as it possibly can. Yeah, because oh, it's going to jump around tough losers. But I'll tell you what, though. I mean, as long as we don't get complacent, it's going to be a war. Because, I mean, I'm telling you what, everybody, you know, it's going to be, we're going to have to take one game at a time, and, we, and we'll do that, you know. But, you know, I still say, I don't, I see like Alabama, I think we can go all the way. I still think we can. But, you know, I think Auburn will give us a good run for the money, but I do believe we'll beat Auburn. And I, I have no doubt in my mind that we're going to beat Texas a There you go. Super Joe has spoken on a Monday edition. Of Southern well, Fried Sports. Hot, Thanks, Joe. There he goes. We're going to head to another break. We come back. More of Southern Fried Sports on a Monday. You know, I kind of did a barbecue tour on that road trip to Columbia. I sampled what is considered to be some of the very best in St. Louis 
And also on the way back on that monstrous drive back, ten and a half hours straight shot from Columbia, Missouri, back to Tuscaloosa, we had to make a little side stop in Memphis, Tennessee. Had to do it. We'll talk about that. And some more college football when the show returns on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Also proud to have Chase's residential and commercial cleaning as a partner in the program. 20 years of quality cleaning experience. That's what you're getting in CEO and driving force, Yashika Barnes there at Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning, 205-886-3616. They're going to do an outstanding job for you. First and foremost, they're dependable. You can count on them. Very thorough, take a lot of pride in their work at Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning. And just in terms of good people, man, Yashika Barnes, she's as good as they come. 205 886 3616. That's Chase's residential and commercial cleaning. Let's head back to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line at 205-342-9904, where we have a first-time caller, I believe, to the program. Sam checking in on a Monday morning. Sam, welcome to the show. What's up, man? How's it going? Pretty good, man. It's been an awesome weekend, don't you think? <laughs> it's surprising, to say the least. I just, uh, you know... The SEC, SEC football makes everything a little bit better, I think, you know? It does, everything, man. Everything tastes a little better. Felt a little better outside even, you know, with SEC football cranking up. Yes, sir. So, yeah, absolutely. But uh, just to give a little quick analysis, I I think as a whole, I think Alabama played pretty good. Um, I do think uh, Coach Saban probably – which he, it was probably his intentions too, but I think they, they took their foot off the gas a little bit too early um, in that game. I think they could have probably scored some more points. But uh, I, I do understand the uh, the initiative to, to get, you know, uh, other players more time on the field because you, you just never know what happened with this, with this COVID still around and, you know, who would have mm-hmm. to go into quarantine? So you have to have your team ready. So um, in that aspect, uh, but I I I actually agree with the last caller, man. I enjoyed watching uh, Will Anderson work, man. He's a he's a powerful <laughs> specimen of an outside linebacker. He is. I, I describe him as sudden and ill-intentioned. You know. Um, and look, this is stuff you saw from him even in high school, so you could kind of see right. it coming, but. This is still an entirely different level. So to see him kind of have his way in a lot of circumstances against Man, well, 21, 22-year-old people. Right. Yeah. Like the way his build is, the guy's what, maybe 6'5", like he's 6'5", six, six, maybe 230, 240. But he, he looks like he's been around for a minute. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he's only a freshman, man. It's, it's crazy, man. He's a freakish athlete. I think uh, – I think Matt Jones did pretty good, man. I enjoyed watching him also in the running game. Offensive line was pretty good. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it was just a, a normal outing, you know, for Alabama. But uh, I think this week will probably show us a little bit more of our identity, um, mm-hmm. even including the fact that A&M almost dropped one to Vanderbilt. But, <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I think a lot of this is due to – um, you know, us not having an off season, a lot of teams not having an off season. But I do have this one question. I'm gonna let you go. So, is Mississippi State for real this year, or is LSU just depleted? That's a great question, Sam. Uh, that's a heck of a win. I don't care what the capacity situation is at Tiger Stadium, <laughs> or and I understand all the attrition and the hangover that is very much in play coming off that national championship for LSU, but. 
uh, you had to be thoroughly impressed with what Mississippi State yeah. did. I was, you know, even though LSU scored 34 points in the game, seven of those were off a of pick six. So 27 of points, six. I guess, for the LSU offense. I was impressed by the Mississippi State defense because there weren't great expectations for that group going into the season. Right. And at the same time, I, I have to look at LSU and especially that offensive line that's revamped and ask the question, wow, you know, what, what's what's the the upside now with Joe Brady moving on with Joe Burrow? And I didn't think it was as much Miles Brennan's problem as everyone else around him. And starting right. with that offensive line that just, to me, was about the worst position group I saw all weekend, if not the worst, was the LSU offensive line. Yeah, but it's like, it was uh, to me, it was unbelievable because you just won a national championship. I've, I will say this, I've never seen a team – uh, like plunge, like <laughs> into oblivion that quick. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I figured, um, I I didn't think LSU would lose, but I, I I really didn't think that I'd see what I saw Saturday. It's like they're like plunge, like they went towards like a it was like a downward spiral, man. It was so quick, you know. Months ago, yeah. we was just you know praising this team because they won a national championship. And now it's just, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's crazy. It really is. Heavy, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Right, Sam? Exactly. And uh, it looked like it was uh, a spe- it looked like an anvil on LSU's head, more than a crown, on Saturday. And that's, you know, what you've wondered with LSU and what sort of, again, makes you almost amazed at what Nick Saban's done at Alabama is to sustain this thing. And even in years when you don't win a national championship, okay, you're still relevant to the discussion in late November. You know, Nick Saban hadn't won a national championship every year, but the one thing he's done every year is that when Thanksgiving weekend rolls around, who's still in that national championship discussion every year? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough, Hey, Sam. We appreciate the phone call, my man. Do it more often, okay? I appreciate okay? you all, Travis. All right, I had to call man. again, man, and chat with you. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Have a great all rest right, of your man. Monday. There you go. Sam checking in with us on the program. You know, we've been talking winners and losers from the weekend. Stephen Gaskowski, Gaskowski, the kicker for the Tennessee Titans. We were all ready to cut Gaskowski. What, three weeks ago? After that poor opener against the Denver Broncos, he did hit the game winner in that one, though. And then yesterday, all he does is go six for six in the Titans win over the Minnesota Vikings, including the game winner from 55 yards out. Gaskowski has gone sockless on his kicking foot. He credits that with the improvement after week one. Whatever he's doing, it's working. No sock. Sockless Steve Gaskowski. Derrick Henry, by the way, 119 rushing yards yesterday, two touchdowns for you. There you go. Back with more of a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Mostly cloudy with a few rain showers likely across West Alabama this afternoon and tonight with a cold front passing through. The high today, 78. Tonight's low, 55. Mostly cloudy and very cool tomorrow. A chance of some scattered light rain. The high at 67. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. FM, Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you 
each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon, fresh from Columbia, Missouri, where the Alabama Crimson Tide opened. Just glad to say that, right? Opened its 2020 campaign with a three-score win over those Missouri Tigers. It's a fun trip, you know? It was a date trip. I said it last week. It was kind of like as the chocolate lady and myself graduate more into empty nesters, it was kind of a Meemaw and Paw Paw trip, you know? And by the way, I think we've already settled on grandparent names, Joe Gaither. You asked me about that the other day. I wasn't entirely sure. And I think that I think you can give yourself a grandparent name. I don't think it's like a nickname. As I've said many times before, and I believe this steadfastly, you can't give yourself a nickname. If you nickname yourself, it doesn't count, right? Certainly. But I think when it, I think when it comes to grandparenting, you get to pick what you're called. Because some folks, my late maternal grandmother, you are not calling Janelle C. Dumas Grandma or Meemaw. That wasn't happening. For some reason, she decided D was acceptable. So that's kind of what she went by. I've decided that I'll go by GT, Joe, Grandpa Trav. How about that? Just GT. Love it. You like that? You like that? Yeah. I think I, you know. And then uh, the chocolate lady has decided I, on Shug. Shug will be her uh, grandmother name. So, you know, we're already that far ahead. We're not ready for grandkids at all. Trust me, okay? No, that's not what we're asking for here. We're not chomping at the bit just yet. But that's the kind of trip it was. You know, we talked about it Friday. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, man, that Bayou Fresh Seafood up in Jasper, real deal, bro. Yeah, it's in a gas station, but I'm just telling you, everything we had at Bayou Fresh on Thursday night was knock your socks off great, including the sushi. I know. The sushi was outstanding. Uh, And so fried shrimp was great. Barbecue throughout the weekend. St. Louis and Memphis barbecue to me, pretty much the same thing. You're talking about a lot of rub involved. And Sugar Fire Smokehouse in downtown St. Louis was great. Yesterday, Central Barbecue in Memphis was great. I give the slight edge to Memphis there. Central Barbecue. Great, great stuff. So we mixed in a football game, essentially, with our barbecue tour over the last four days. So let's go back to the Peterbrook Chocolate Theater studio line right now. I believe we have Paul waiting for us there, Joe. Is Paul still with us? Yes. Hey, Paul. How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? I cannot complain. Yeah, I just wanted to comment a little bit on uh, Coach Orgeron. Uh, I'm an Alabama fan, so um, it uh, never hurts me to see LSU go down, especially go down <laughs> like they did. Um, listen, the, I've never really bought into the Coach Orgeron hype. I mean, he's got a he's got a a pretty lengthy resume out there as a head coach at Ole Miss. Um, you know, I guess the interim head coach at uh, USC, and other than one year with Joe Burrow at LSU, it's been a pretty average resume, if you ask me. Uh, and if, if you really think about it, to me, Coach Orgeron without Joe Burrow is like Gene Chizik without Scam Newton. Yeah, that, that's an analogy that I, I think is is one that you could, you could come to for sure. You catch a flyer. Um, and, and the same thing, you had Gus there, right, with running that offense for, for right. Chiz in that season, kind of like Joe Brady uh, with Burrow at LSU. So you can you can go even further with that with both of those. So, you know, you knew it was going to be tough. But as I talked about, you know, in that previous segment with Sam, sustaining it ain't for everybody, man. And that's where exactly. you separate good from great to all time, really. And that's kind of what Alabama's been able to experience with Nick Saban. I I don't know if enough Alabama fans truly understand how difficult this is, what he's done and what this program has done. And I think LSU this year is going to give you another example of how difficult it is because, uh, you know, this could be an LSU team that when it's all said and done, four or five losses potentially a year after winning a national championship. I don't see that being being their only loss this year. No. No, they still got to go to Florida. They still get Alabama. Um, you go still to get Auburn. Auburn. 
Yeah. Yeah. That getting easier. Six and four, six and four at best in, in my book. Yeah. I think if you're an LSU fan today, you you would almost be receptive of that looking ahead. <laughs> yeah. Good show, uh, good show, uh, Travis. Enjoy it. Hey, Paul, we appreciate you checking in and listening. Thanks a lot, my friend. Yeah. I mean, you know, the surprise with LSU and that Mississippi State game again was, for me at least, was at the lines of scrimmage, you know. Um, you're going to get what you're going to get from a Mike Leach offense. I mean, that was Air Raid 101. And again, even with Derek Stingley out at corner, it wasn't just on the outside where Osiris Mitchell, especially, was a big problem for that LSU defense. But, you know, Kylan Hill at the running back spot, something else we talked about a lot in the offseason. You know, sort of this, whoa, this isn't a good fit. Kylan Hill ought to just go to the NFL. He's a running back. You know, how's he going to spit in with this offense? Well, you do a little digging, you do a little research, and you'll see running backs in Mike Leach's offense, they still get their touches. Now, more of them might be as receivers. And look, in today's football, if I'm Kylan Hill and I'm considering my skill set, Kylan Hill isn't a guy that's going to punish people between the tackles, okay? That's not his profile. You watch Kylan Hill, once he works to the perimeter, Kylan Hill's not afraid to step out of bounds, no, he's not one of these guys that tries to punish guys at the end of runs. So who he is as a back and projecting him to the National Football League, this is perfect for him. He's getting the ball more so in ways with Mike Leach in charge than he ever would have with Joe Moorhead or Dan Mullen or anyone else. Yes, he would have gotten more carries, but as far as his, as his projectability is concerned, the manner in which he's being used right now is going to benefit him greatly moving ahead to the National Football League. Well, it was a lot of fun on this Monday, a busy Monday. Thankfully, Joe Gaither in his referee shirt making it all happen there in the Tide 100.9 production studios. Appreciate everyone that got involved with the program today. The lunch whistle on this Monday. Man, Monday lunch. Never more important for lunch than Mondays, right? They're going to determine. They're going to be sort of the compass for the rest of your week. We'll make yours Southern Ale House today. Great, great plate lunches. Great, great sandwiches. Great salads. Maybe you overdid it a little bit on the weekend. Get that chopped wedge, man. The chopped wedge that all the work is taken out of there at Southern Ale House. Great dressings. Uh, Great grilled chicken you can get there. Fried chicken, if you please. Daily specials, both in terms of lunch, dinner, and sides. They got all of that for you at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Tuesday, have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. Beep, beep.